get into one of my cars, you get in the wind. I'm Chris Osaki, Creative Director for Forza Motorsport. We are bringing new racing dynamics, visual fidelity, and gameplay detail to every track. This includes weather, 24-hour day-night cycles, and track evolution. More tracks are coming to Forza Motorsport after our launch on October 10th, including past favorites and brand new challenges to keep the competition fresh and exciting. We can't wait to share more. See you at the starting line. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third generation race car driver. And we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Hey guys, this is Matt Hagen, three-time funny car world champion, and you're watching Draft in the Circus. And the Singapore Grand Prix is go! Good launch off the line by the P3 man. Charles Leclerc is trying to take second place. Carlos Sainz holds the lead. Charles Leclerc does take second place. And Lewis Hamilton is all over the road. He had got past Lando Norris, but he rejoins. Does Norris get back ahead of him? That's the question. No, Hamilton takes that third place on the road. Does he give the position to his teammate? The two Mercedes side by side. It's a Ferrari 1-2 at Marina Bay. George Russell will warm that place back. Hamilton was all over the road as the Spartans fly as they make their way down to turn number five. Does Hamilton give the position back? Can he keep him behind? There's a late lunge by Nico Hulkenberg to the inside. It's a Ferrari 1-2 out front, David. Yeah, but Hamilton's going to have to give that place back. He's gained an advantage. So you got to let me back pass, They've swapped back the Mercedes. George Russell's gone through and up to third position, so they've been on the radio, and there is the switch. Lando Norris now in fourth place, and Hamilton back to where he started the race in P5 further back in the pack we're on board with Oscar Piastri and that is the contact that has uh, cost the Alpha Tauri there and we did see Yuki Tsunoda a few moments later become our first retirement from the Grand Prix yeah Paris just push just Paris honestly Logan Sargent off the road and the American driver who is fighting for a contract to next year hits the wall and uh, then a major <laughs> intervention DC a full safety car deployed well, into the pits we come. This is a moment that could change the race. And is there a opportunity? First of all, in comes Carlos Sainz. Was the second Ferrari in as well in the background? Yes, it Driving was. slowly. Yeah, you can see he hung back there, forcing the Mercedes to have to drive slowly as well. So this could benefit the McLaren, actually. Okay, so everyone is making their way in, and did Sainz get out ahead of Max Verstappen there? Verstappen didn't manage to take the lead, so all of that strategy has gone out of the window for Max. He didn't pit, he still has to, and he doesn't have clear air. That's huge. This is Alonso coming into the pits. Look at the damage. Has he got some damage? And he's gone over, that'll yeah. be five seconds. This is Charles Leclerc's slow stop for Ferrari. What happened there? We had to hold you for traffic. Yeah, Hamilton crawled into his box because he couldn't get in because Russell was there. And it's Sainz, Verstappen, Russell, then Perez and Norris. Verstappen and Perez are expected to be a lot slower in this initial phase than the cars around them. Good run now for George Russell. Russell's all over the road as he get a nose to the inside. Brilliant pictures of two overtakes at the same time. Russell gets past Verstappen and also going through is Lando Norris. Lewis Hamilton was very close to Perez and he's not able to get by, but Russell is up to second. Norris is up to fourth. There is Lando Norris taking the position away from Max Verstappen and improving to the podium places. It signs then Russell, then Norris as Max Verstappen drops to fourth. Lewis Hamilton comes and Verstappen, Verstappen puts up no defence. 
He has so resigned himself. Goes Lewis Hamilton, and he takes fourth position. Verstappen knows that it's about extending the stint now. Fernando Alonso to the inside of Sergio Perez and taking the position away. There's still a little bit of traction left for Perez. Three into one corner, will not go. Round the outside goes Esteban Ocon, side by side with Fernando Alonso, who's wide at this part of the circuit. And somehow they're in the same order that they left. Oh, no, they're not, because here comes the Alpine. Better traction, and that will be the position. Fernando Alonso refuses to give it up, but he'll have to. And Ocon moves up to eighth. A record-breaking run of 10 Grand Prix victories in a row and you have to celebrate it when you're in the form like that because things can easily change in Formula One. It is Ferrari, then Mercedes, then McLaren out front and Max Verstappen is down in 15th position. Great drive will go unrewarded for Esteban Ocon who is pulling off some fine moves there and he will park up, he's out. No, no! He hit the curb coming out of the last corner and then it's like he's in six gear but he's not driving so is that clutch and the mercedes drivers have elected to give up track position at a street circuit and to make moves to try and fight for victory in singapore the virtual safety car is ending oh, it's a slow stop for aston martin at the back of the car the rear jack that was redesigned for the new aerodynamic part of the rear of that car and the car slipping off the jack as a result fighting Joe Guanyu, who started from the pit lane, the team that is currently Alfa Romeo. There will be Sauber, late send from the world champion, and Max Verstappen fights his way back to the points. And George Russell is close now. Ah, he's got an opportunity. This is his first real run on the Ferrari driver ahead. Go to the outside line, says Charles Leclerc. But then it's the up and under attempt from George Russell. This is the traction race we were telling you about. George Russell's got a chance now to win this Grand Prix because he's fought his way by and he's taken third place. And Lewis Hamilton is the second Mercedes on the charge. Lewis Hamilton fights away by. And the team are fighting their way by to the front of the field now. Third and fourth for Mercedes. Gasly can't turn the car. Now we'll get DRS. This should be a relative drive-by to the outside. Switch back. Let's see if he can get by. Gasly will try and hang on to it. But Verstappen's got the better grip. He's got the place. And at turn 14, he is up to sixth. Fernando point eight behind, point eight with DRS, Russell no DRS. Yeah, it's on purpose. Copy that. George Russell was able to set up the move before. He's really close this time. Russell having the defensive shape thrown. But now there's an opportunity to stand on the power. The two British drivers go wheel to wheel. George Russell trying to fight his way by. Will that be the inside line? No, Norris gets his elbows out. And that could have won the race for Carlos Sainz. Russell knows he needs to try and make the place right now. Hamilton was giving his teammate the hurry up, but Sainz's tactical awareness may well have won him this Grand Prix on the 62nd and last lap. He's got a great advantage now. The charging Mercedes might be denied, but look at the top four on this last lap, nearly glued together. Yeah, they're still fighting on, but there's only one more DRS zone left. And Russell, if he wants to win, needs to make two positions. So has Sainz now done enough? Can he get away from Norris? That's the next question. Lando's still pushing for the win. Off, Russell's off. off. George Russell into the wall and out of the race. The British driver who is charging for victory is out on the last lap. And he's in the Tech Pro. On board, final lap. And uh, you see Norris there with the right rear and Russell with the right front. He did take out quite a bite of that uh, of that wall with the right rear. Opens up that corner and the wall just juts out slightly. And that was George. George Russell, who is dreaming of a second career victory, but it's heading to this man instead. Formula One at its absolute finest. Carlos Sainz, tactical brilliance. Carlos Sainz, the winner of the Singapore Grand Prix. Lando Norris in second place, and a charging drive from Lewis Hamilton puts him on the podium once again in Formula One. And it's side by side across the line. Leclerc hung on by two tenths of a second. Ferrari's first victory since Austria last year. Red Bull's perfect season ends at Grand Prix 15. Their phenomenal winning run is over. Ended by Ferrari's Carlos Sainz. Lando Norris matches his personal best in Formula 1 with second. And Lewis Hamilton at charging third for his 196th podium.
Good evening, race fans. Welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network and welcome to the Drafting the Circus program produced by Sinister One Productions. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we talk about this past weekend of racing and preview next week for you. Joining me in the studio, Louise Torres and Lee Vi. Fellas, how we doing? Doing good. All right, Louise. It's going well. All right, I haven't, haven't seen you in a while. I know you've been busy, busy, but uh, really good to have you back. Really looking forward to speaking with you tonight some, uh, going over these races. Uh, first off, uh, hats off to the sponsors, the Ferrari Film, Forza Motorsports, Xbox, Alzheimer's Association, and Luis Torres Multimedia. Now, Richard Uden, off on assignment, he's our usual Formula One correspondent, and every week I've asked the same question, and he's not here to answer it this week, and that question is, did we have a surprise winner in Formula One that wasn't Max? And guess what? We did. And Richard and I had to <laughs> and talk it, about it. So, And it was a surprise, I think, that was heard around the world because nobody saw that guy win in that race. But he did. No, he did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they. Um, I mean, Sainz, Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari had a great day. He was joined on the podium by Lando Norris in the uh, McLaren and Lewis Hamilton in the Mercedes. So there's not a Red Bull in sight to the podium. Uh, which is really, uh, you know, they, they broke that streak of them winning every race this year. It uh, puts to puts to bed the idea that they're going to win out the season. Uh, so, but, uh, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it was probably one of the most entertaining races of the season, just based yeah. on the fact that uh, towards the end of the race there, the top four guys were literally nose to tail fighting fighting and scrapping with one another uh, where, you know, usually you see the fighting and scrapping and Max Verstappen is 30 seconds ahead of that in the clear, having a quiet day all to himself, you know, listening to a little classical music on his headphones or something, just having a Sunday drive. <laughs> would that be, a, would that be like a scene right out of uh, uh, Talladega Nights? Yes. 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 Gene yes. Gerard. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Very, so, um, yes. Gene Gerard's a man. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, and, and I think one of the, the funnier things uh, that came out of this race is, um, I, I mean, the uh, the four guys up there, uh, George Russell was right there in the mix. He looked like he he, he was the fastest guy out there towards the end, right? And he um, he he went off and hit the um, hit the wall, uh, but the wall had the lettering that said had the word Singapore on it, and of course the middle three letters in Singapore are G A P. And uh, somebody had made a meme that says, uh, and of course, he hit right there on the word gap. And, um, you know, somebody had to point out the old Ayrton Senna saying, if uh, if there if there a gap exists and you no longer go for it, then you're no longer a race car driver. I thought that was very clever, very funny. Won, won the <laughs> Internet for the day. So, um, so uh, Louise, what do you think, man? What happened to Red Bull in Singapore? I think they would like to know as well. It's fun. I find it amusing that the week all they're talking about is Helmut Marco being a doofus regarding comments about Checo. And then they go into this weekend, they were nowhere near to be found. They couldn't find the speed. They gained spots, but they just couldn't get the job done. They were nowhere near to be found. And with that, like you mentioned, Red Bull won't go undefeated. And Max Verstappen's podium sweep will not happen, leaving Michael Schumacher from 2002 still the only man to be him out the entire campaign. Yeah. But Max showed good pace, but I think they were banking on a full-blown full, full blown safety car when Esteban Ocon decided to 
this car decided to quit and then yeah. stop at the exit of the pit road as they come out to the racing surface. Instead, we had a virtual safety car, which helped the drivers behind Carlos a little bit, but it did no favors to Rebel. That eliminated them from the hunt because had it been a full-blown safety car, they might have had a better chance of fighting for position. Yeah, yeah, they um, yeah. they really they really missed the strategy as well as the setup. So now a lot of speculation going into this weekend uh, that there were some rule changes that went into effect regarding uh, flexible floors, the flexi floors, and some of the yeah. uh, flexible parts of the wings. Now, so there's some speculation that some of those teams are allowing those floors to flex uh, a bit more than they should, or they're using them to hide components. Um, which actually, you know, when the floor flexes enough, it's closer to the ground, which creates more downforce. Um, and a lot of people have speculated that this is probably something Red Bull was doing. And, um, you know, when they made the changes to be in compliance with the new rule, that's why they're suddenly off. Although Red Bull flatly denies that. They said, we didn't make any changes to the car. They said, we weren't using that cheat code. Uh, you know, we got a different <laughs> one that you haven't found out yet. But um, <laughs> so... I mean, yeah. Lee, Lee, any thoughts on that? I mean, I really wish Richard was here because I throw the technical I stuff at him. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, of course, whether Red Bull did it or not, they're going to deny it. They're, you know, they're, they're not going to, if they, if they did make changes to the car and that was the outcome, Red Bull's certainly not going, going to admit that they did make changes and that this was the outcome. That, you know, that just shows weakness and Red Bull isn't, that's just not them. So. Um, yeah, they're going to, they're going to try to do the old, uh, you know, block and pass thing. And, uh, but the, te the test will come, I mean, neither Max or Checo really had a, a great showing at all. I mean, Checo's not had a great showing the whole season, but, um, yeah, I'm interested to see what, uh, the next race brings, because if they both have a poor outing next race, maybe that'll shed a little bit more light onto it. I mean, everybody has a bad day, and I think that's maybe just what happened with the with Red Bull. They just mi missed the mark on everything this weekend. Yeah, and you know, if they continue to, I mean, it's either Red Bull has just totally missed something, or the other teams have just been steadily improving, and that's yeah. that's definitely a part of it as well. Because yep. uh, I mean, McLaren has certainly uh, much improved from where they started off this season, and yeah. I think I think Ferrari's always had a pretty fast car. Um, but uh, I think they're getting better at things like strategy calls and those sort of things there. And, and you, you know, hitting the, uh, hitting the qualifying laps, right. Yep. Uh, for, and I mean, Sykes so. led this, I did, I think he might've led this from start to finish. If I remember right. Um, I mean, he was uh, right I, up I front. He lost it on, you know, pit stop cycles once or twice, but yeah, for the yeah, most part, he was up front all day. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it was a really good showing by Ferrari and, uh, you know, they've been, they've been scrapping all season to try to get up there and, you know, uh, Put this to stand on top of the podium and the number one spot is uh, especially for Carlos it's a great great thing for him because uh, I mean beginning of the season I thought he was going to do pretty good but um he's just kind of missed the mark week after week but eh, he, he found it this weekend that's for sure yeah he seems to have been you know kind of overshadowed by his teammate Charles Leclerc uh you know for the better part of you know all last season and this season so uh really good good for him to go ahead and grab that pole and that win and you know i'm just you know hoping that this um chink in red bull's armor opens the door to us seeing a few more winners this year i mean we still have several races left uh yeah. you know, for before one runs a long season but uh i mean lando norris is right there chopping at the bit hamilton and george russell are right there chomping at the bit uh leclerc could certainly Sneak a win in there. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. It's either going to play out a bit like that, or we're going to go right back to Max winning the rest of the races. You know, yeah. that'll, and and that'll be, and that'll be the, the litmus test of what happens in Suzuka. If uh, then we'll know what Red Bull was or wasn't doing. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, Richard says this all, you know, almost week after week, you know, these are the top, you know, half percent drivers in the world. They're the best of the best. And you know, it, nothing holds true than this weekend because, uh, you know, we saw some of the best racing, uh, you know, all season. It was, yeah. it was mm -hmm. great. It was, you know, there was tight, everybody was tight. There was good passing. I mean, there was <laughs> a couple turns there. There was guys, go, there was three guys fighting for position and they were side by side. Um, 
so I, you know, it really does. It, it's a testament to what Richard says. I mean, these guys are the best drivers that in the world, and they really, they really showed what they're made of this weekend. And I, I, I did. I thought it was a really good race. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's nice to see Max not on the top of the podium, but we'll see what happens next race and and if they bounce back. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Louise, <clears throat> so uh, our buddy Lance Stroll had him a. Uh little incident in practice qualifying and um, got an injury that put him out for Sunday. Do you remember who they put in the car? They put nobody in the car because it took place at qualifying. And- okay, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. They just ran. They ran with just 19 cars on the grid. So uh, Stroll expected to be back in Suzuka. Uh, the team owners there said they don't see anything really that would, would prevent him from coming back. He just wasn't feeling 100% uh, on Sunday. So, and, you know, when it comes to any kind of injury, always, you know, best to err on the side of caution and not injure yourself further. So, uh, you know, not that not having stroll in the race would make a big impact one way or the other. Um, (laughs) It's the best thing for him is he let go of that steering wheel, knowing that it it was not going to correct itself back compared to Ricardo was trying to avoid a, uh, stricken car, but he did not let go of the steering wheel. It's, it's all circumstantial, but the best advantage for Stroll is he let go of that steering wheel. That's probably saved him the rest of the season, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because that, like, again, like I said, that'll that'll snap your wrist or or break a, a metatarsal in a second. So uh, just ask Ricardo. We're asking a number of guys who've uh, had that similar injury there. Um, so uh, Alpha Turi has announced that. Uh, they are going to retain both uh, Daniel Ricardo and Yuki Sonoda for next year, which puts the future of, um, uh, you know, their reserve driver who's been filling in for um, Ricardo. What's, you know, Liam Lawson, Liam Lawson. Yeah. Um, and then puts his future in, in question because he's done a, a decent job in the car. You know, he's uh, he's not been embarrassing himself. And so we kind of hope there's a spot for him. Yeah, he is the guy that knocked Verstappen out of Q3, and he capitalized it by getting two points for Alpha Torre. So now, for the first time all season, they had the constructor had more points than his, than his number of drivers, five to four. There you go. Look at that. Because going into the race, Red Alpha Torre had three points. They've had four drivers. Now they have five points with four drivers. With of course. The the lone goose that hadn't the lone goose saying out of the whole ordeal so far is Ricardo and DeVries who have none. And DeVries is uh, in the unemployment line. Um, yeah, <laughs> so. but, but now he's going to do some WEC stuff for Toyota, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, so we're off to Suzuka. Um, do we have a week off in between? Or are we are we heading straight to Suzuka? We're in Suzuka, so yeah, so. Late Thursday night practice. So, yeah, I read a comment today on a Formula One group, and it just it just made me laugh. And this guy said that Suzuka should be a night race because people in the United Kingdom have to wake up at the ungodly hour of 6 a.m. on a Sunday to watch the race. Oh, come oh, on. No. Ask, then, ask, no, ask, no, no. Ask about us. Yeah, but then, but, then, so, but then he goes on to say, and this is why. He said the first Formula One race was held in Europe. The, the bulk of the teams are based in Europe. You know, he said the bulk of the fan base is based in Europe. They should cater to the, and I'm like, dude, you know, it's a great big world out there and it doesn't revolve around you, but it made me laugh to read that because this guy was dead friggin' serious. Listen out his, his reasons as why all of the Formula One races should have a, a start time that's convenient to let Europeans sleep in on Sunday, you know? So, yeah. I mean, good God, this is, They've been going to this, for nearly I'm half glad a this man doesn't live in Australia, you know? Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, so uh, what do you think, man? So we've been uh, picking second to Max um, all year long. Uh, but we could, you know, maybe now that the, the streak is broken, uh, you know, maybe we could just say, hey, pick a winner. And, and you could pick Max if you like, but uh, who do you yeah. like, uh, Lee? I... <laughs> I, I picked him last week and he podium. I'm going to pick him again this week. I think Lando Norris is having one heck of a run here. And it, I think he's, you know, uh, he may not get that top spot, but he's on the podium for the, for, uh, for this next race. I'm sure of it. 
All right, fantastic. And uh, Louise? I think we're going to probably get back to normal, but I think it's going to be – yeah, it's going to be back to normal. And mind you, I've never heard, I heard nothing about Max going into Suzuka with a possibility of clinching the championship. So you can look at it as the championship is much closer than last year, even though it's all but a lock that Max will win it at some point in the next few weeks, just not yeah. this Sunday or Saturday night in my case. So, so you're picking Max? Yeah. Okay, so that leaves me to say Lewis Hamilton because this guy has been winless for nearly two full seasons, and uh, I, I know that doesn't sit well with him and his fan base. So good luck to Lewis. Good luck to Max. Good luck to Lando Norris next week in Suzuka. Uh, the only other Formula One story I have here is is going to segue into our NASCAR um, segment here and involves Danica Patrick for Sky Sports, right? So evidently she's in some hot water with Sky Sports based on a, a variety of, of things that she's doing on her own podcast, right? Um, <laughs> and the most recent one, the one that's really drawing a lot of criticism is that she really underplayed the role of females in motorsport, right? Because somebody asked her, a, a viewer or you know, a fan asked her if she thought there would ever be a woman in Formula One, and she kind of said no, that, that that women lacked the competitive spirit and, and the strength. And I'm like, okay, Danica, what are you saying? You you drove against the boys for years, you know, <laughs> and and so people are really upset with her about that. But but then there's been a couple of other things, like she had uh, one of her guests was a, a climate change denier. Um, that highly touted, and this is why Formula One is making all the efforts to go green, right? And then she she had a whole show where uh, the discussion was: Are extraterrestrials um, manipulating human DNA to ex extend the life uh, lifespan of humans? Right? Which, uh, okay, I, you know, I get it, Danica. You're into some funky stuff, but um, I think maybe Sky Sports has had about enough of that. So, uh, and then, then of course, uh, she's under fire one more time for uh, a scathing remark she made uh, towards Martin Truex. And so, to set that up, uh, we'll, we'll we'll go into our NASCAR uh, segment where the, the lead story is the very very sad news that uh, Sherry Pollux, who was the longtime girlfriend and companion of Martin Truex Jr., uh, passed away. Uh, she she's been fighting um, ovarian cancer for a number of years. Uh, she's been very vocal. She's been very strong. Her and and Martin both have done a lot to raise money and raise awareness through the Martin Truex Foundation. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, you know, she lost that battle. Forty four years old. She was well liked in the paddock. She was known as a very a very strong woman, and and she'll be sorely missed. Um, you know, and. Um, for whatever reason, her and Martin had broken up as a couple earlier this year, right? And now I don't, I don't know what happened there. I, you know, that's not my business. Uh, you know, not not every relationship works out, but but you know, by most accounts, they they still supported one another and remained friends. And he's still, you know, going strong with the Martin Truex Foundation uh, for cancer research. So he released a statement. Which it looks like it was written by a PR person, right? It was it was a little cold, a little disconnected. Um, uh, you know, it kind of lacked the passion that you might expect from uh, from somebody who lost somebody that was that close to for, for that long. Okay, but uh, but again, you know, the guy is grieving. People grieve in different ways, right? So so Danica found it, put it upon herself to you know cut and paste his comment and said, "Boy, if this isn't the, the coldest." shittiest thing I've ever heard anybody say coming from a guy I didn't like anyway, you know, coming from a guy I never liked in the first place. And she yeah. said, I'll guarantee some PR guy wrote this, which is probably true. Right. Um, but man, I mean, you know, you know, maybe the statement was a little disconnected or cold or not personal enough. Right. And I, I'm quite certain it's probably written by a PR person there. Right. Um, well, for Danica to throw that out there and say, oh, this is from a guy I never liked anyway, uh, you, you know, when he's grieving somebody he's been cl close to for, for, you know, the better part of a, de years. a decade. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. 
uh, you know, so she's under fire for that. So I don't know. So, uh, I mean, Louise, Lee, what are your thoughts on Danica Patrick or Sherry Pollux or Martin Truex? The thing about Danica, as I've heard nothing about her being released yet. No, no, pe- people asking. are calling, calling for her head yeah, on a silver platter. Yeah. Yeah, it's like um, some people fell for that NASCAR thing on Twitter from a unreliable and erroneous. Uh, oh, that was a site that uh, actually labels itself as a parody site. Yeah. 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 It's just make, I want to make that very clear for those wondering about the horror deal. The thing about Danica, the only thing I've got to say is whether it's her or Aaron Rodgers, what happened to you? What happened to X, Y, and Z that led her to kind of go to this odd position where she is right now? It's either her own doing or Aaron Rodgers or somebody else, but it has not been a good few days if you're Danica, in my opinion. It's just one of those deals where, yes, it could be that. It could be a PR move, but there's a place for it, and now it's not to just make it about you, period. Yeah, yep. yeah, absolutely. And, and, and still, I'm just still appalled about her comments about women in motorsport. You know what I mean? If, if Pippa Man was in her close, she'd smack her. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I tell you, it's just it's it's odd to hear that those words come from Danica because I mean she's been such a I, I hate to even say it to say it, but she has she's been she's really been the face of female female embodiment in motorsports. Absolutely, yeah. And to hear and, her and, say a, that, and a role model for for young yeah, girls that want to race. So many people. I mean, not even I mean young girls, yes, but you know opens the door to just beyond you know that uh, that demographic it just i mean and to hear her say that just i don't get it i mean i know i know danica has been through a lot the past two years she's had a lot of health issues that she's battled through but just it just seems very jaded coming from her to say stuff like that and then to turn around and say stuff about martin and how her friendship with martin and how he was so cold but like i yeah, like we said it perfect. It's the world, the whatever she thinks the world is revolving around her, she needs to just stop. Like, because it doesn't. Um, I appreciate yeah. everything she's done for for everybody in motorsports, including women and minorities. But it's just like enough. Knock it off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. If you want, if you want to have your podcast where you host crazy conspiracy theorists go ahead and do that right but uh yeah. you know maybe step back away from sky sports you know because she does you know to richard and i were talking earlier today <clears throat> you know she does kind of fill a valuable spot for them you know kind of uh, being a familiar face uh for u.s viewers because the uh, the sky you know the sky sports feed is what's piped through espn so yeah you know and that's while we're trying to to you know just capitalize on the growing fan base of Formula One in America. That's uh, she. She really lends a hand there. But when she goes, you know, to this crazy shit on the outside, I, you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. So, yeah. So, but I guess at the end of the day, um, Sherry Pox will be sorely missed. Um, and she will. This is, this is uh, absolutely uh, devastating, you know, to to a lot of folks there because she's done so much to raise awareness and just even recently she was at an event or there was an event held was she was actually event, yeah. two two uh, something uh cancer on the catwalk or something or or uh, you know but um she wasn't able to attend but i, I believe she made a, a video screen appearance and got a standing ovation um you know that that's you know how much people think of her so so she'll yeah. be sort of thoroughly missing our thoughts are with uh, you know her and her family her, her father of course um was a uh, car owner in NASCAR for numbers of years, which is, you know, why she was hanging around at the track and, uh, uh, you know, met, met a race car driver to fall in love with. So, yeah. All right. So let's move on from uh, the off track stuff and some of the on track stuff. So uh, elimination round and Louise, uh, you're going to have to change your background. Yeah, we're going to have a different background for the championship four, even though mostly this shot is because it looks nice and aesthetic more than anything else. Yeah, it is a good shot. It's a really good picture. Yeah, it's a really good picture, yeah. But, so. yeah, I, I just cannot fathom the fact that Legato, pretty much minding his own P's and Q's, get wiped out by Corey LaJoy. Or, and you have that at Bristol every so often. Somebody loses control at the exit of four, and they come back across the track and turn up entering of one. 
and you wipe another driver. We've seen it before. Like Kyle Petty got hurt because of it. J.J. Yaley and Martin Truex Jr. had that ordeal several years ago. It's just one of those things that's just bad timing for Logano, and that cost him his entire playoff run for for the first time since the implementation of eliminations. The reigning champion did not make it to the round of 12. Yep, yep. And so that's the two-time champion uh, out of the playoffs, uh, as well as another champion, Kevin Harvick, missed the playoffs. But Harvick was down there, uh, you know, really close to the cut line uh, all season long. Logano was is surprised that Logano knocked out. You know, huh. he was he was kind of, kind of mid pack, but uh, we haven't barely barely getting a finish out of a Bristol. Uh, yes. The other the other two guys that are eliminated from the playoffs are Ricky Stenhouse. And uh, Michael McDowell, and those are, yeah, you know, those those were the last couple of guys uh, at the bottom of the list. Anyway, we yeah, probably Stenhouse, we saw a mile away with Stenhouse. Uh, Stenhouse, yeah, yeah, I mean, McDowell at least tried. Well, I, I still was one understand. of his better tracks. I still can't figure out mathematically how Stenhouse made it in there to begin with, but because he uh, won the Daytona Five Hundred. Again, yeah. I don't know how mathematically he won because he shouldn't have won that race either. But nobody did, and I was—I know—I <laughs> I, was—I was as thrilled as anybody to say, "I know." Come on the show that week and say, "Oh, by the way, guess Ricky Stenhouse won." I mean, there's there's very few drivers that I could categorically say I'm I'm just not a fan, but uh, Ricky's one of them. I, I don't ask me why; he's never done anything personally to me, but I just I, you know. It just doesn't do it for me. I'm I'm sorry, you know. So, <laughs> well, maybe the, him and Danica race, can get back together and they can go do their own thing again. Who knows? The race yeah, the, race of the breaker was classic Stadhouse. Yes, he has those few races that just annoys a lot of people. Like they told us, <laughs> if you ask any foreign that day, Kamui Kobayashi fans, I'm pretty sure they don't like Stenhouse. Yeah, Stenhouse oh. on a mission to take out all the ringers, right? <laughs> yeah, that was not that was not pleasant. It is at least McDowell I, I, has shown momentum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like McDowell. I, I think he's a he's a decently good driver. You know, he grabs these wins every now and again, and and uh, yeah. So uh, he's a know. humble he's a humble race car driver. He's not you know he's just he's, he's just a good dude. He just really yeah, is, he re- you know? he reminds me a lot of like Carl Edwards. He gets out of the car and it's Golly gee whiz, fellas. I'm so <laughs> glad we won. And I got to thank the team and the sponsors and the fans. I mean, he's just a good-hearted guy. Yeah, and Carl yeah. Edwards did the same thing every week. You know, every, ah, thanks, fellas. I appreciate, you know, he just. <laughs> yeah, did Carl Edwards, he used to do the backflips, too. Yeah, he did. Off the, the roof of the car, too. which was which yeah. was pretty cool. That was a, yeah. that was a good little trick. So, uh, so yeah. the guys that uh, look like they. Could have been eliminated, but the escape include uh, Bubba Wallace, uh, who was right there on the cut line, and uh, Martin Truex Jr. just snuck in. He's the last uh, last guy. He's in that 12th spot. You know, yep. uh, a lot of the names up there near the top haven't changed. It's the you know usual suspects. Uh, so we're off to um, is it Texas Motor Speedway next? Yep, yep. Texas, yep. Texas Dega, Motor Speedway. And- and uh, Texas in the news a little bit. There's some speculation that the IndyCar series may not return to Texas next year uh, based on some scheduling conflicts um, that would thermal. Is that what I've gathered? Yeah. Putting thermal in there does a little bit. The other thing was, uh, I think the, um, the NASCAR race in Austin is going to be close to the, 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 IndyCar date and uh, so I, I the way I read it like TMS puts on the race at Circuit of the Americas right they, they produce it or whatever uh, or, you know I, whatever the word they're the promoters for it so so therefore they couldn't have uh, the IndyCar race at Texas on the same day then uh, so if they go through the next weekend it puts Indy cars and then NASCAR back-to-back weekends at Texas Motor Speedway, which they don't want to do because, uh, you you know, you want to have your fans have enough time to save money in between. <laughs> and we don't <laughs> want any weekends, of that right? nonsense either. Yep, yep. So, um, and they're saying they might, it might come off a of schedule, maybe just for one year. I have a feeling if it comes off a of schedule, it won't go back. Um, yeah. so, so I would not like to see it come off Wait. the schedule but again this is just 
some preliminary talks. Nothing's decided. Nothing's announced. They're still the IndyCar is still trying to put their schedule together. Which I find absolutely ludicrous at this point. We're late in September. Normally, if I recall, over the last several years, the calendar is usually confirmed days after the season is over. Absolutely. The same yeah, thing so. with NASCAR. Both of them are stalling for whatever reason. Well, I know what part of it, to- part of it, Louise, is the Olympics. So during the, the weeks of the Olympics, NBC will have all of its networks dedicated to Olympic coverage. That, that being, you know, NBC and CNBC and um, USA. Yeah, which is and, and which USA. Is on, which so, is so they've got a Nashville. <laughs> so both IndyCar and, and NASCAR have to work around that blackout period where they're not going to be able to have a race on television. So this jumbles up the dates. And that's part of it, Louise. Uh, another part of it is they're uh, trying to see where they're going to get Milwaukee on that IndyCar schedule. Um, so, yeah, which remind which reminds me, I mentioned it briefly. It's like if you're if that if that's going to be the solve, which I understand, it's thanks for bringing that up because like that makes all sense. That if for at least one year have the end of the season, late September, early October, but now with Nashville being pretty much mid September, that's a lock as the finale. Yep. Mm-hmm. You either just gotta have to not have those long gaps between races for the start of the IndyCar season. You're gonna have probably have to have some of them in early March. Yeah, you have to compact everything and then leave that long gap for the three weeks that the Olympics are going on. Yeah. Which yeah. is which is July and August. Yeah, and, and oh, also so. all we know is that Nashville's in mid September, Long Beach is in late in late April instead of like the second week like yeah, they normally and, have and done. thermal is sometime after the, the opener uh, before Long Beach, roughly month before Long Beach, but it's between St. Pete and Long Beach. And speaking of thermal, if you recall our friend Don Cusick, who mm-hmm. was on the show with uh, Stephen Wilson, <clears throat> he is one of the um, homeowners out there. He's one of the members of Thermal, um, and literally he helped kind of broker the whole thing. Uh, so you know, so he's going to try to uh, get a. Uh, a partner team to go ahead and enter Stefan Wilson in that thermal race. Cause Which right now, sense. yeah, right now they're only set for, um, you know, just the Indy 500. And I believe he's they're looking to dry Reinbold again, but, but I think he's trying to either uh, talk dry Reinbold into running a thermal or finding uh, somebody else that would be willing to help him, help him out there with the team. Um, so which would make sense is he's kind of like the it's just his home race, literally in his backyard. It's in his backyard, literally, yeah. So, uh, which, would, yeah. which would be a good idea. And then we're probably we're looking at what now <coughs> twenty uh, nine cars, maybe. Perhaps, For the yeah. Race so. Because there's at least going to be twenty eight full time cars if things go well on the Huncos end, uh, or twenty seven if things go bad on the Andretti end. Yeah. <laughs> so let's so let's okay. Real quick, let's let's pick a winner for Texas. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're Na- talking about NASCAR. NASCAR. Yeah. So yeah. Then, then we'll transition over to IndyCar because there, there's some news on that front with uh with Andretti and Honda engine leases and those sort of things. Yeah, and I'd imagine it would have something to do with the leader circle by chance. So it has something to do with you need to make a pick for Texas. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, I, I, you brought up like Andretti Honda Lee's. I was thinking circle, but Texas wise, hmm. Texas wise, let's go with hmm. I'm go with Kyle Larson in this one. Kyle Larson. Okay. And uh, Lee, Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin. Okay. Yeah. They get to pull back to backers. Yep. Yep. Uh, so plus Richard will be happy with you that you picked a Toyota. I know. Um, it's I'm going like to uh, I don't even know. I don't even know who runs good at Texas. Honestly, uh, I'm going to go with <laughs> William Byron. All right. That's your answer. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with William Byron. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Cause he's been, he's been very good all year long. So that's a, that's a pick that doesn't make me sound stupid for picking it, you know? Yeah. Unlike if I would have said Ricky Stenhouse. All right. So <laughs> or Jimmy Johnson. Or Carson Hosevar. <laughs> which might which mind you, Carson Hosevar had a career race. He somehow brought he was one spot away of giving the forty two team its first top ten in over a year and a half. All right. So 
speaking of guys with last names that are hard to spell and pronounce, um, Shane Van Ginsbergen uh, has uh, signed a deal to uh, drive for Trackhouse Racing. Uh, Treehouse Racing. Uh, Treehouse Racing. <laughs> Trackhouse Racing, full-time in 2024. Uh, not a full-time cup entry, but his entry was, is going to be across all three series. They're, they're, they're designing him a schedule uh, to just build his experience in the in the series, uh, you know, with the thought of him being a full-time cup entry in in uh, 25. So he has yep. uh, got the blessing to uh, get out of that last year on his Australian Supercar Championship. He is really looking forward to uh, racing in NASCAR and racing in America, and uh, I- I'm looking forward to having him here. So this uh, dude, this be... dude is the real deal, Holyfield. Like this guy can race. Yes, he and can. Yes, he can. NASCAR NASCAR fans better be ready because it's not Chicago is just not a fluke. This guy, I mean, he's going to come in and he's going to turn some heads, and there's going to be some upset fans because he's a foreigner. But don't give a crap. This man can race. I'm sure he'll be okay in that. I don't think anybody's going to be Yeah, it's going to take him a little while to acclimate to ovals. Um, I, 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 you know. I agree, but it's not going to take him that long. I really don't think it's going to take him that long. Yeah. Something about him and McLaughlin alike. It's just they're running two different disciplines, and I feel like. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. yeah, McLaughlin caught on pretty quick. Um, yeah. You know, and, and when you look at Van Ginsburg and the, the car he's coming from from the car he's going to are a whole lot more similar uh than the transition yeah. that uh, mclaughlin had to make so yeah um and i mean for his part I, you know mclaughlin figured out the ovals pretty quick yeah you know, he, and i and i think Vegas, had a couple I, of really I, really good runs uh only to have like joseph newgarden beat him at the end and say ha ha you know so yeah, yeah. i think SPG is gonna catch on quick daytona might be a little bit you know of a of a challenge for him but he's got speed weeks to get through i think he'll pick up a lot there the mile and a half so i mean they don't call them cookie cutter courses i'm sure SBC will adapt just fine look at travis pastrana even though he had stockers experience previously but i mean he fared well way better than connor daly (laughs) yes obviously equipment is everything but still you know what i mean Yeah. yeah yeah so all right so now that's that that here hereby ends our NASCAR segment. Let's talk about IndyCars, okay? So the so the big news story coming out of IndyCar is that Chip Ganassi is adding a fifth entry. I don't know why five, you ask five, me. Uh, because um Kiffin Simpson dad owns Ridgeline. If you've noticed uh, several of the uh races this year, we had uh Palou and uh, Armstrong running cars in the Ridgeline livery. Yeah. And uh, Ridgeline has been on the Ganassi car since they hired Seb Simpson as a um, development driver a few years ago. Um, the, 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 the the common theme I'm reading in comments says, is this guy ready? You know, he, he, he's he got a season of Indy NXT behind him or Indy Next. I still don't know how to say it properly. I think it's, in, it's Indy Next. Pretty, I, mean, I, I think you do say Indy that. Next, yeah. yeah. I mean, Indy, Indy and the NXT sounds like a type of a car, you know, like an Audi ATT. Um, yeah, leave the but, NXT uh, saying it's for wrestling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, NXT is a wrestling thing. Yeah, so I mean, this guy hasn't won a race in uh, Indy next, um, but he's moving up. To, and, and it just, you know, it makes me think of uh, like Devin Francesco all over again. You know, put putting a guy in there who's got some money uh, or... um. Who was the other guy? Who's the guy who drove the K-Line car? Uh, for, Dalton Kellett for like Kellett. a couple of years, and, and now and, he's and again, up with the company. Well, well, the thing was Dalton Kellett had like nine years in Indy Lights. Still never did anything with it. Uh, <laughs> so, the, to his advantage, if any, is he had like an engineering background, which does come a bit of a yeah, long way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, so we'll have to see how Simpson does. He's obviously got you know, a couple of good mentors on that team there between, you know, Dixon, um, Polo, and then their driver coach, Frank Keedy. Um, so, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of folks saying really, this is, you know, but, but how much of that money is chip going to use to spread around all five of his cars, you know, use the, the Michael Andretti model where the, all the, all the sponsorship money goes into the common 
fun there, you know, and, and supports the whole team. So, yeah. Uh, but, but of course, now the thing is, Honda says it's maxed out at 17 engine leases, right? So if Ganassi adds a car, that means another one has to go away, right? And we, we all know that Andretti's 29 entry did not make the leader circle this money. They've not announced the driver. They said they're not 100% sure they're going to run four cars. Now, Honda said that they can try to do everything possible to accommodate all the entries, right? Which means they're not saying they absolutely have to drop a car, um, but I believe they prefer to stay at the 17 engine leases. Uh, so we'll just have to see how that overall impacts it. Um, yeah. Because I, I can't think of another Honda car that's going to come off the grid other than uh, that Andretti um, entry there. So Yeah, probably because right now the coin cars, you're looking at them, they're probably going to have two drivers with no problem, even though they lost Malukas and and Stingray Rob is very TVD at this moment, even though they're saying that Grosjean could come back with Dale Coin. Yeah, also, that's that's the hot rumor that Grosjean is going back to Coin. Um, the question would be: Would he go to the A car or the Rick Ware car? That'd be the question. Uh, he was with the Rick Ware car the yeah. first time, right? So, might go right back with his buddy Rick. So, um, and then of course there's a. Uh, been a couple guys testing. They're testing the hybrid engines out there, but uh, you know you get additional laughs if you bring a rookie driver. You get additional test time, so uh, um, or a driver you're testing, not necessarily a rookie. So uh, uh, Ed Carpenter's got uh, Christian Rasmussen, who uh, won the Indian NXT Championship, and um, Oliver Askew, who we haven't seen Oliver in a couple of years, huh? Yeah, we haven't seen on, him on the track. Yeah. Bending it at Long Beach in the 45 car in the finale in 2021. Yep, yep. So, uh, so he's gonna test those guys, and then Lewis Foster, who uh, finished fourth in Indy NXT one two races this year, he's uh, tested. He already tested with the Andretti team, uh, and they were super impressed by him. So, uh, you know, I think maybe if if Andretti does run that fourth entry, this guy maybe has the inside line on that. You know, or they might just keep him in there in the NXT car for another year. So, yeah, there's just so much stuff going on. And I wanted to bring up the, like you mentioned about the hybrid testing. I think Will Power tested a few days ago. Yep. And mm-hmm. some people were talking about what's with the 22. Is, is Penske going to give up the 12? Because right now, speaking Penske of. Penske always tests with the 22. Yeah. They act like it's their first time seeing Penske tests. Yeah. They, they, the, they have the Penske Livery, it's just a white and black livery that says Penske Racing on it. Yep. You know, but, and yeah, it's this car number 22. They've done that for years. Yeah, Newt I love- was testing number 22 last year. Yeah. Everybody, everybody wants to have their own conspiracy theory, though. Yeah, because of the fact that Ganassi's car numbers are in numerical <coughs> order now with Simpson on board, what number they're going to put. Can't have the 7, can't have the 12. 21 is Ed Carpenter's. They're going to have to come up with something clever. Yeah, he can have the... um. Ten and a half, ten point five. Let's see the forty-four. Make this that could be available. I don't know. It's it's the like nine, they can throw ninety-nine on there, right? Mm, I don't think it'll go too well. Even though Townsend Bell drove it since the post-merger. Yeah, but well, I just love the fact because I was thinking, oh yeah, I remember Newgarden drove the twenty-two. But I'm thinking, yeah, have fun gonna ask you with the numer- numerals unless there's no. Is there quick question? Is there a rule where you cannot have a double? No, there shouldn't be. They we've seen the 07 car in IndyCar back in the day. Well, you got the 06 right now with Elio. Yeah, they well, could just put like, Elio. We could put an 08 or 09, then problem solved. Well, you know what they could do? They could give Palou the one. Yeah, and that then... would <laughs> that would help. But Ganassi's been not keen about it since. No, not since 2004. Yeah. When Dixon went winless that year. Yep. And the only thing is that I have, and I'm going back to the Simpson thing, is you're going to have three rookies and two established champions. And on my question, we talked about this every now and then, having too many cars, will they do better with an additional car or not? Because Penske found out that three is better than four. Yes, and it chips up to five now. Yeah. And, and Andretti found out a couple of years ago that five was too many. Yeah, and also it's just starting from, for whatever reason, I thought about 2001 
when they try to have a mostly young rookie dominant group without an established veteran. Because remember, they got rid of Vassar and Montoya went to Formula One after 2000. Mm-hmm. They put Junkera and initially Nick, Nick Vanassian. Went, and that didn't work out. And they put Gidley in the car. That didn't work out either. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, they've added Dixon, but you also had a slew of drivers like Schechter, Darren, and Manning until they finally realized that maybe having that. <coughs> Yeah, but worked back then. Brian Herta for a while. Herta was before Vassar, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 Herta was before Vassar. Um, yeah, they had a number of guys in the car over to you, but then they picked up guys like, you know, Weldon and Frank Eady and, you know. And that worked out well because they pretty much have like a super team where all of them could fairly do well. Sure, the 10 for a while up until Pelot kind of came along. And yeah. They but if, you, but if you look at the, look at the history of the third. Ganassi car, right? Mind you, don't even think about the fourth and the fifth, right? Mm-hmm. Y- you know, um, generally the, the share of the wealth doesn't go much past the two cars, right? The yeah. nine and the ten, right? You had now uh, Ryan Briscoe had the third car for a while. I, I don't believe he won a race with Ganassi at all. Either did Graham Rahal or Charlie Kimball. Charlie Kimball won one race. Oh, yeah. In 2013, and I'll hand it to Charlie. It was a brilliant drive that day. He, he, it was in mid-Ohio, 2013. He put he did everything right, didn't put a wheel wrong all day. The sun was shining, shining on Charlie Kimball that day. And I thought I thought that was going to be, you know, the start of a great career for him, and it, and it wasn't. Yeah, um, it didn't work out too well. Yeah, you had Sage, Andrews, Sage Caribs, Sebastian Saavedra's, right? So, and none of these guys really made an impact. Um, you, you know, and I think I want to say this year is probably the only time you've had all three Ganassi cars win a race. Well, 2013, because, you know, Dixon and Dario and Kimball all won races that year. Um, I'm trying to remember what race in 2013 he won. Who, Charlie, Charlie Kimball? No, Frank Eady. Uh, because I keep thinking. Wasn't he- Houston. Yeah, I keep thinking he went winless because that was that very before the career under. It was a weird year for Dario. He may have gone winless now that you mention it. So, yeah. Where, where's Richard? Is he always has like Wikipedia up on his screen? Yeah, but but he's supposed to look stuff up for us. Yeah, last couple of years the three cars have shown up, and I think it goes to the testament of what Erickson brought to the table and putting that car. That third car into contention from time to time. Sure, it's nowhere near Dixon or Pelot, but yeah, never awfully far back. No, but I, I mean, he's got what three wins for Ganassi now? Yeah, four, up, four. Yeah, because he won St. Pete, Indy, Nashville, and one Detroit. other race. Detroit. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. So, Padable Ward earned his super license. He's going to test uh, free practice one at the uh, last weekend of the Formula One season, so that'll be a fun outing for him. So let's uh, talk about NHRA in Maple Grove, which, Lee, as you projected, was rained down Ram Monday. Yep. So you, uh, Lee, the weatherman. I got two things right this week. Lee, the weatherman, (laughs) Vi. So so we had a big day for Doug Coletta, right? Yeah, Doug Coletta picked up his uh, half-century mark. So he gets the half-century coins, won 50 races, which is impressive. I mean, it's just, that's hard to do, um, you know, but he, good for him. So he, that, uh, and this weekend, every, it, the leaderboard is, is shuffled from top to bottom. So we, you know, uh, Robert Hype picked up a win this weekend. Matt Smith picked up, we, uh, picked up a win in pro stock motorcycle. And I can't remember who picked up in pro stock cars this weekend, but, uh, yeah, big leaderboard changes across the thing. Uh, yeah, I did I kinda, see a stat that said every class had yep, a new point, a, had, a, had a new points, new points lead. coming out yep. of Maple. Yeah, yeah. So that's and that's again that doesn't happen often either. Um, you know, it, it, it just I, I the weather really threw a good a good wrench at everybody on Monday when they when they picked up the race because Sunday was just so miserable. Um, so. You know, we're, and then we turn around. We we had a couple, you know, couple hundred miles south to uh, Mr. Uden's backyard in Charlotte down there for stop number two on the on the playoff race at Charlotte. Um, so, uh, think think it'll be another good race this weekend. 
Uh, no weather in store. I looked. I've been looking at the map all week. The weather <laughs> looks like it's supposed to be pretty good. May get a little rain um, Sunday, but it doesn't look like it's it's going to be all that much. Um, it looks like it's a little bit to the to the north of, of Charlotte, but uh, yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to another good race. I think uh, you know a lot of drivers that are in the in the chase have have um, got a wake up call because there's four guys that are sitting on top of the leaderboards right now that. Probably, probably nobody expected to be up there, especially so after the, Maple Grove. Are the um, NHRA playoffs, are they uh, elimination style like we have in NASCAR? Yeah, except it's not 12 rounds, it's 10. Okay. So um, I think after Charlotte, they'll they'll drop uh, down to the top eight in each round, do two more, drop down to this, you know, top six, top four, and then and then so on from there. So it's over a five race period instead of the six, the, the 12 races, uh, or it's over 10 races. Sorry. Um, unlike the, uh, 12 with NASCAR. So. All right. And where do we, uh, hold the championship race? Uh, I believe that's in Pomona, California. So yeah, it makes sense uh, because yep. up until like what a year or two ago, it used to be the opener and finale, but now yep. Gainesville has the opener. Yep. And so, and then, um, so the race will end Sunday and I think Tuesday night is awards is the awards banquet. Um, and that's in Palm desert, California. So yeah, it's Pomona. It's just, it's right around Palm, the corner. From Palm me. desert, huh? Yep. It Palm desert, sound, Palm Springs. It doesn't, it doesn't sound as appealing as like Palm beach or Palm Springs. Palm desert. It sounds <laughs> Palm hot desert. and dry. Uh, they all are. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Palm Springs. It's the middle of the desert. It's halfway between yeah. LA and, and Arizona. It's miserable. <laughs> yeah, that's why when I was thinking how far is it's like it's nowhere near LA and it's nowhere near San Diego. I may yeah. take I may take a pass on boom on thermal Palm Springs yeah. and all that. It's hot. Because, <laughs> and then yeah. the possible rumor of Sonoma could be in spring. Adds no favors to my California plans, but we'll yeah, talk yeah. about Louis, that Louis, in the 2024 go, podcast. Yeah, Louise, you want to go to Thermal? I would, but the only thing is it's nowhere near yeah. L.A. or San Diego. But I, might, I might be able to get you an invite. Oh, yeah, that'd be appreciated. It's just mostly getting there, that's all. Or if yeah, I, well, that's my, that's my problem. I've, I've got the invite. You just from, don't got the means. From Don, but I mean... It's you know three thousand miles away for me, so <laughs> you know. it's only six yeah. for me then. Keep that keep that open if I do change my mind. As long as there's no cracking games going around that time either. All right, because so I mean, I mind know. you, I was I, initially if things initially I would be prepping for Dana Point for a festival, but thank goodness one act had a a, a a sudden show in LA a few months ago that I said I'll go with that instead of the festival. In Dana Point, which is also right in the middle of nowhere, from what I've gathered. What's the best place to have a festival? They, they, Burning they, Man. They, they, they I don't know. They, they, I've they, never they, gone to music festivals. They, they thought they they thought of that Woodstock. Well, we'll have it. At, we'll have it out in the in a in a, in a cornfield, and nobody will show up. Just five hundred thousand yeah. people. So, all right. Well, that's a, that's our time, gentlemen. So, I want to thank you, Louise. I want to thank you, Lee, Richard, wherever you're at. I want to thank you, too. Um, you know, thanks for nothing, not showing up tonight when we needed you to answer our Formula One questions. But uh, we'll try to catch up um, with you uh, uh, next week. Hopefully, you can explain a little bit more of the flexi uh, flexi floors and wings. Uh, I want to thank Keith Hayes, our producer, and Sinister One Productions. I'd like to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network. I'd like to thank the Ferrari movie, Forza Motorsport, Luis Torres, uh, multimedia and the Alzheimer's Association. Also, like to thank Facebook, Facebook Live, YouTube, and Spotify. Most of all, I want to thank you folks that watch us uh, week in and week out. And I will see you next week. Good night. Thanks for watching Draft in the Circuits. Make sure to follow Draft in the Circuits on Facebook, Spotify, Twitter, and YouTube. Draft in the Circuits is a Coke Sinister One production.